Hello, fellow travelers. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, my name is Paul, and uh, I'm so glad you've joined me. If this is your first time, welcome. Uh, if it is uh, not your first time, I'm so excited that you've uh, chosen to join us and be with us, and uh, I thank you for that. Uh, I My hope and my prayer for this whole podcast is that you would just find some encouragement, uh, find some uh, uh, further uh, instructions on how to follow Jesus as I just talk about, share about my life and, and my thoughts and what God's doing in my heart. I uh, hope that you find that encouragement. So uh, if you're continuing to listen, if you continue to download and you uh, continue to listen, I'm thank you, thankful for that. I thank you that uh, you would allow me to uh, be a little bit of part of your journey and, and try to be more like Jesus. Now, this is uh, the ninth episode. Um, so that's not counting all the, the interviews and the, uh, the flex time that I've done with Jim. Um, so technically we have 12 things going, but the ninth, that's just me talking. Um, and uh, nine out of the 52 that I've uh, committed to doing, um, just to see uh, if this would be a thing that I wanted to continue to do. Um, so this will be, we'll conclude the series on Joseph's life. Uh, so episode nine, the title is, If God Loves Me, Why Do I Have to Forgive? Um, and so it'll be, we're, we're kind of at the end of that series, so we'll be ending that series with February being at the end, uh, and I've kind of looked into what I want to do for March, but uh, I'm not 100% sure what, what direction we'll go. I'm going to do some praying and think about that over the next week, and just find... Uh, some just kind of figure out what I want to do with the next next uh, couple episodes. Uh, if you guys have suggestions, you can always send those uh, through Instagram, uh, fi- uh, the Facebook page, um, email them through the uh, Unbroken Ground at theunbrokenground at gmail.com. Uh, that's always the email if you have comments or suggestions or anything like that. Um, if you are, uh, maybe you're catching up with us on YouTube, that's uh, another place that these have been popping up, uh, one of the newer places. Uh, you can leave some comments there as well. Uh, so if you have found any kind of encouragement, uh, it's uh, really awesome if you could, uh, if you're able to in the service you listen to, give a rating. Uh, if you if you have uh, friends that you think might like to listen to it, uh, then that'd be awesome if you would uh, suggest this as a, a, a th- something for them to listen to to download, at least to give a try. Um, again, if if you found encouragement, I hope that it, other people would other people would find encouragement too. I uh, thank you for listening, and so yeah, we're gonna just jump into uh, episode nine. Uh, if God loves me, why do I have to forgive? So here we are. We are uh, we're closing out this uh, series on Joseph's life. Uh, we kind of find ourselves in the final stage, uh, seeing what God's been up to and uh, what's happening. And and so if you've been following along, you know that Joseph started out with his brothers. He had this vision that uh, his brothers and his his father were going to be bowing down to him, which uh, led to a lot of tension. His brothers saw an opportunity to get rid of him, so they captured him. They threw him in a pit. And uh, they were going to kill him, really. That was that was the plan. And instead, there was uh, 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 some traders who came along, and so they sold Joseph as a slave. Those traders went to Egypt, uh, and they sold um, Joseph to Potiphar. Um, Joseph was in Potiphar's house. He had he he was faithful. He did good work, and so he got in charge of uh, almost the entire operation, basically. And then he and then uh, because. Um, he was good looking. The Potiphar's wife was like, hey, I want you to sleep with me. And so Joseph ran away. Uh, and so he got uh, accused of 
uh, trying to take advantage of Potiphar's wife. So he got put in prison, and uh, unjustly so, unfairly so, but he got put in prison. And while he was in prison, uh, he... he, uh, was again he he was faithful he was good he he used his gifts and talents uh, that god had given him then god was with him and so he became basically the administrator of the prison um and and it just so happens that one day uh there was a uh cook and a uh a cup cup bearer for the for the king or the pharaoh and um they had dreams and joseph was able to interpret them and uh, so those came true, but uh, still Joseph stayed in prison until one day that Pharaoh had a dream and, and nobody could interpret it. And so um, so Joseph uh, gets called up because the uh, cupbearer remembers, oh, hey, huh, I know this guy in prison. He's kind of unjustly there, but um, the more important thought, thing to think about or know is that he can interpret dreams. And so he goes... Uh, to stand before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh tells him the dream, and Joseph is able to interpret it. And the dream is basically that there's going to be seven good years, and then there's going to be seven really bad year, bad years. And so um, the dream is a preparation for the land to prepare for seven years of famine, uh, because there's going to be these really good harvests, and then there's going to be really bad harvests. And so um, Pharaoh says, oh, well, then we need to do that. And who should we put in charge of that? Well, um, he looks around and basically says, well, no one better than the one who interpreted the dream, who has uh, this this wisdom, this sense that he has. And so Joseph became second in command of all of Egypt. The only one higher than him was Pharaoh. He was put in charge of, of the plan of how to store grain. Um, and he was um, probably rich beyond all, all measure. Um, again, he was the highest uh, highest authority uh, just below Pharaoh. Um, and, and so it's this crazy transition that he started uh, in a pit. <laughs> he started, uh, he, he was moments, maybe even uh, minutes away from losing his life because of the intentions of his brothers. Um, he gets sold into slavery. Uh, he gets falsely accused and thrown into prison. And now he's, he's second in command in Egypt. And, and a lot of us, as I talked about a little bit last week, a lot of us would love the, the um, outcome of being second command in Egypt. I mean, that's great. Yeah, sure. I'd love to be in a place of, of great power and, and influence and authority and wealth. Um, I'm, I want to sign up for that. Sure, if that's, if that's what it means to follow Jesus, I'm in. And yet, um, we don't like the resume, uh, the rest of the resume of Joseph. Like, yeah, okay, well, if you want to be the second in command, are you willing to to spend the time as a slave, as a as in prison? Whatever that metaphorically might mean, you may not have to do that in your life, but but there may be difficult, hard times that you are going to have to go through so that you can see the great things, so that you can experience the great things. God's going to do certain things in your life to prepare you for um, what the uh, the future might bring, and so. Um, a lot of us are okay with that. The end, the end goal, uh, the the wealth where we end up second in command, and, and we have all this wealth and and all that. That's that's great. We we want that, but we're not very much uh, excited about maybe the in between, uh, where we start from and what we have to do in order to get there. Um, and so, 
Um, but Joseph uh, begins, he, he learns a lot of things through this journey. And so he's been on this journey. Um, he started out as a kid um, and he has grown. Um, and one of the things that he has done along the way, and we don't know where because the Bible doesn't really tell us, um, but it's, show, it's, it's evident in the way that he begins to interact with his brothers. Um, because what happens is, is Joseph is in command of all the grain. Um, this famine hits. All the food runs out in uh, Canaan where, the, um, uh, where his family is living. And so they don't have food. And so the only place to get food because uh, Egypt has been prepared because of, of the, the dream that was sent to Pharaoh and because Joseph was there. Um, the only place that has grain is, is Egypt. So the brothers have to come to Egypt. And the f- very person they have to ask for um, grain from is, is, is Joseph. Um, and so Joseph has this interaction where he knows who they are, but they don't know who he is. And so somewhere along this journey, um, when he was in prison, when he was in, uh, in Potiphar's house, um, Joseph had to learn how to forgive. Um, and, and again, it's not really shown in, it's not really spelled out in scripture necessarily, but in the way that, that he, uh, it is fi- in the final days, uh, the final kind of, the very end end of the story, because what happens is um, through a lot of different things that we'll get there, but at the end, um, Joseph's dad dies and the brothers are like, oh, we, we're, we're in for it now because we don't have the protection we, we thought, you know, with, with Israel alive, then um, maybe we wouldn't have to worry about um, uh, retribution from Joseph, but now that he's dead, I bet I bet we got it coming. And Joseph says, "No, no, no, no. You guys don't. You guys don't understand. Um, God, what God did, He used what you did for good. Um, and look at all the good that's done. I don't hate you. I don't want retribution. I, and and He expresses that He's forgiven him. But but that actually, I think, occurred a long time before He actually even met." got to see his brothers. I mean, in prison, I don't think that Joseph even imagined that he would even ever see his brothers again. He wouldn't even know um, if they were alive. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's this, this, somewhere in there, Joseph had to deal with the anger, the hurt, the distrust, the, all of the things, that unforgiveness, that bitterness that comes. Like, like it's, it's not that Joseph... Um, didn't have a lot to be angry about from his brothers. Like they, they were going to kill him. They sold him into slavery. They treated him very unkindly, very wrongly. And so he had a lot uh, to, to be like, yeah, I'm going to take him to task. I'm going to, but you don't see that happening in the story. Instead, you see this, this group, this bigger story of, of basically redemption. And so Joseph found somewhere along the way, um, in his heart, in his in his um, time spent with following who Jesus, who well he was, he's following who God was, um, who God would want him to be. He found forgiveness for them, um, and and so for us as Jesus followers, the same the the thing is, why do we have to forgive? Like like God loves us. God wants us to 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 be. Um, perfect and holy and he wants us to be the people he, he wants us to be light into the world he wants to but but why do we have to forgive and and it's really a simple thing um that's very complex <laughs> but here's the thing jesus says if you if you don't forgive then you won't be forgiven um 
you know, who are we to know, to look at our lives, to know all of the things that we've done, to, to know the, the, the hurt, hurts that we have caused both to God and to people, to know the things that we've done that God has forgiven us for, and to be ungrateful. In fact, Jesus tells a, a parable about um, a man who is uh, forgiven his debt, and then he goes and won't forgive uh, somebody else's debt. And so uh, the judge comes back and takes the, the man's debt who had been forgiven. He takes that away and says, you're going to pay twice as much. And the guy who who was uh, on the receiving in the unforgiveness uh, of this guy, he forgives that debt. And so he's using that as an example to be like, you you can't be unforgiving because of because you've been forgiven. You can't be unforgiving because you don't deserve forgiveness, and yet God has given you that forgiveness. Romans tells us that. He says, it says that God knew us, that even when we were enemies of him, even when we were, were striving against him in our sinfulness and our, on our willfulness, that he loved us and he forgave us. So we are called to forgive. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a command by Jesus. If you're going to follow Jesus, then you're going to be a person who forgives. And I think we have to, to, to really understand what that means. Um, because I think that, that there is a, um, a false impression of what that means. And so I think we have to understand what forgiveness is. And, and what forgiveness is, is letting go of the hurt and the retribution you want uh, towards someone else that lives in your heart. Because what happens when we become unforgiving, when we, when we hold on to hurts, when we hold and we say, oh, I'm not going to forgive that person, I'm going to hold that thing they do against them, what happens is that we develop a spirit of bitterness. And I will never not say this when I'm talking about forgiveness, because I think it's so true. Um, when we develop that spirit of, of bitterness, it's, it's like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. It would be like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person because what we do is we feed into our soul this bitterness, this this ugliness, this hurt, and we and we are like, ah, I don't like that person. Do you know what they did to me? And I and I, I can't believe that they would do that. And I and and it it creates within our hearts a very dark and hard place, and it does nothing to the other person. It does nothing to the other person. The other person who hurt you, they may not even be aware of it. They may be aware of it. They may have even asked for forgiveness. And we say, no, I can't do that. And so what we do is we allow it to fester and and just and live in our hearts. And it's just bitterness. And it's like a poison that kills us spiritually. And so when we live and, we, and when we encourage unforgiveness in our hearts, um, it's that idea of, of that, well, I'm doing this because I can't, I am doing this to hurt the other person. And it's not hurting the other person. It's just hurting you. And it's hurting your relationships. And it's hurting your relationship with God. And so forgiveness is that freedom to say, I no longer hold on to the bitterness of what you've done to me. It still hurts. Um, you know, uh, if it's big enough, it's like, it still hurts. I'm not saying that I've forgotten, you know, um, that's not what forgiveness is. Like forgiveness is not just, um, something that is then forgotten as like, oh, if we reset to zero, but instead is, is for us, it's, it's, it's letting go of that tension that says, I need to, 
um, bring justice to the situation. I need to be in retribution. I need, I need something, and I'm gonna be bitter about it. I'm gonna be hateful about it. I'm not gonna forgive until I feel like it's the time. And it locks us in chains. And forgiveness, having that spirit of forgiveness, just allows us to unlock our hearts. And we don't have to live with that bitterness. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Doesn't mean like it. It doesn't. Doesn't mean that you suddenly just pretend like it never happened. Um, that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is releasing ourselves, that burden that we, we have, um, towards the other person. So one of the things that's not, um, to be clear, um, there's this amazing thing about a relationship with God, um, that when he forgives us, he takes that sin and he casts it from the east, as far as the east is from the west. Um, there's a story in the, in the Bible, um, the prodigal son. And when the prodigal son returns, so he goes away, he basically tells his, his dad, he's like, hey, I wish you were dead, I want my inheritance, I can't wait for you to die, give me my money now. And so the dad does. And so the son takes the money and he goes away and he wastes it all in this foreign land and, and he's now, he's, he's bankrupt, um, he's got nothing. And he remembers his father and his father's house and he's like, well, the servants in my father's house eat better than I do. So um, I am gonna go... And I'm just going to be a servant in my father's house. I'm just going to go back and I'm going to, going to apologize. And I'm just going to say, hey, let me be a servant. And there's this awesome part. Um, and this is a story about God, uh, but it's using human terms. And, and there's this awesome part. Uh, it's, it says that the father had, had spent his days at the, in the evening looking down the road, hoping that his son would return. And, and the day that he sees him return, um, he takes off running. Uh, which is something that's very unusual, especially in the the ancient uh, uh, the ancient culture where Jesus was in. You you just didn't run, especially if you're older. It was that was not you were respectful. You moved at a very slow pace. If you you just didn't run to people because that they needed to come to you because of that respect. But the father runs and he grabs the son, and before the son can even give him the spill, he says, "Oh." Thank goodness my son has returned. And he grabs him and he hugs him and he, and he says, he says, calls out to the servants. He's like, he's like, get the best robe, get the ring. We're going to have to throw a party. What was lost is now found. And so there's this amazing thing that that, that story depicts is that when we come and ask Jesus forgiveness for our sins, we are immediately we are immediately restored. That relationship is restored. We're 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 still we, we still have that title of child, of of son, of daughter. We don't lose that. We don't have to earn that back. It's ours. That is the amazing thing about how what God does when He takes and forgives us for our sins, He brings us back. Along with that, though. There's a, there's a caveat there. He restores us, but there's the understanding that there are still consequences for our sins. He doesn't remove those. It, he doesn't, you know, if you, uh, in, in the most extreme case, if you murder somebody and you end up in prison and you say, God, forgive me for that sin, God will forgive you. That's the grace of God. He will. You are forgiven, but you still have consequences that you have to face. You still end up in prison. You, you have to face it. You have to pay that price because there are consequences to your actions that God's forgiveness doesn't, just because you're forgiven and your relationship is restored to God, doesn't mean that there aren't consequences. I mean, some, some of the things that, um, that happen, um, for example, in the Old Testament, David is, is not allowed to build the temple. 
God says that David's a man after his own heart, but because of the blood on his hands, he can't build his temple. David wants to, but it just it's just not going to happen. Um, you know, that, that relationship is broken um, in that way. And so he's not able to do that. And so, so there are other, other times where it just says that when we, you still um, are going to deal with the consequences of your sin, but you have renewed standing and righteousness and restoration with your relationship with God. And so there's this whole, um, there's a whole other aspect, I think, that when we're talking about forgiveness, and I think the story of Joseph um, shows that we need to work through as believers, as uh, people who live in the world, um, we, even with non-believers, is this act of restoration. And so Joseph, I think, forgave his brothers at some point along down the road, whether he was in prison or even um, maybe even on the road as he was going to Egypt. Like, you know, he decided at that point he just wasn't going to be bitter about it for whatever reason. Maybe he just he just knew. Maybe it wasn't until he um, got it to be the second in command of Egypt and he's like, okay, all right, I, I'll forgive. Whatever, 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 whatever point. Joseph let go of that bitterness. But when he saw his brothers, he he he, he created this elaborate test um, that was that was aimed at not just forgiveness but restoration. And and the test was how are they going to react to a situation um, involving losing a, a child a brother? Um, and so he sets up this um, he he, he, he's, he begins to say, uh, as they're before, as the brothers have come before him, he asks him all these questions, and then he begins to ask about the youngest son, and and, um, and so then he has this kind of, he puts on this ruse of saying, oh, you guys are spies, and, and you're just here to, to learn how to attack Egypt, and, and if, you're, if you want to prove you're not a spy, then bring back the youngest. Um, and, and the brothers... Um, they are they're like we can't do that because it's it's too risky our father he's already lost one son he can't lose this other one and 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 uh even um one of the brothers even offers to take uh the youngest son's place uh to be like no don't you know you and 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 this is the and this is the process um this is the process by which joseph is is finding is basically testing out um, if his brothers have grown, if they've changed, um, and because that's the whole other whole other aspect of when you forgive somebody, um, there is still that tension in, in the relationship and the in the and uh, what and the boundaries of what you need to have. Um, if someone is if you know, and, and this is this is like levels of like you, this isn't a blanket statement because you it's every situation is different. But um, if someone breaks your trust, um, then they do need to have that process of being restored back and earned back. Um, so you can't, um, you know, forgiveness is just step one. And forgiveness is really what you do. And then re- restoring the relationship has a lot to do with what both of you do. Um, so um, so there's this process, right? You, you say, how have you changed? Um, and that's how, and, and talking through that, will help you understand um, what you can, what boundaries you need to set. Um, so, you know, if you have someone who just willfully hurts your feelings with comments, um, with um, particular, um, you know, emails or f- text messages, or then you might say, hey, 
uh, you 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 know you have that conversation. You say you've hurt you've hurt this relationship. I've forgiven you, but um, you know we've got to have some limits. You can't say those things. Um, so maybe maybe we're gonna take a break. We're not gonna talk for a while. Um, you know uh, if you uh, you know if if you have more extreme things, um, you know sometimes it's like hey I've I've forgiven you, but that doesn't mean that you just get free free um, opportunity to do whatever you want. Um, I do think that, um, for most things you work towards restoration to restore that relationship and it takes time and it takes work and, and, but I do think that's the, the part about loving people, um, that, that Jesus is like, yeah, loving people is, is what you got to do. You got to love God. You got to love people. And Paul lines it out in, in 1 Corinthians when he talks about love and he talks about all the things that love is. And, um, you know, love is patient and love is kind and it, it's it's long suffering <laughs> and it, it holds no grudges. It, it uh, always hopes. And when we forgive, that doesn't that doesn't mean that that's an instant restoration, that they get all the freedoms back um, that they had before. But it is a it is a opportunity, a building block, a step, a start towards restoration. And I think that if we don't, on our side, if we're the ones that's forgiving, and we don't also um, realize that there is a further step, there's a further repairing to the relationship that needs to occur, both um, on on their part and on our part. That if we just, if we're like, yeah, that's broken, I've forgiven, but there can't be any movement forward, um, then I think we miss out on some opportunities uh, to show the goodness of God, to show the restoration of the grace and how God can use forgiveness to change people. Um, But uh, it is unique. Um, it's one of those things that you can't say, well, here, let me write down the five steps of what you've got to do. And this is how, you know, and it's a lot of it, I think is just what the spirit leads. Um, and so as you find yourself in those situations where, uh, people have hurt you, maybe they don't even know you've forgiven them. Um, then you've got to kind of figure out what's the plan forward. How are we going to restore? How are we going to, um, renew? How are we going to make this relationship full again? Um, I mean, in extreme cases, there are some cases, again, because um, this is not uh, a blanket, can't, this is not a fit-all, catch-all kind of conversation. And some, some, some instances, it needs to be like, yeah, this relationship is over. Um, we're, we can't continue. Um, but there's a whole lot of, of in between that. And, uh, and so, um, so finding those, those ways to restore those relationships um, not every relationship is over either just because they hurt you or because uh, they did something. Um, you know, there's, there has to be grace. Um, there has to be um, that ability to, to figure out how do we move forward? Um, because uh, God calls us to that. And, you know, if, uh, that is um, one of those things that, that reflects um, what we believe about who Jesus is and who God is, is our ability to have grace, is our ability to... Um, except that people are going to make mistakes, that people are going to be in error, uh, people are going to sin. Um, that's just what people do. Uh, and how do we find that way to um, offer forgiveness, but then also offer that that restoration that says, hey, 
you've done wrong, but I want to help you do right. Um, I want to help restore you. I want to, I want to bring you back and give you the robe and put the finger, the put the ring on your finger and let you be. Um, but there's some things that we need you to do. And so Joseph has this whole process of it's, and it's super convoluted. Um, he's like, tell me about your younger brother, and then tell me about, um, and it'll prove to me that you're not spies. And so um, he sends them back, but he sends them back with the gold that they have, and they're like, oh no, this is wrong. And 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 so, um, but they do. Um, he says, don't come back without your youngest brother. And so they wait and wait and wait, and they get they wait till they're almost starving to death, and then finally they're like, look, we gotta take we gotta take back you know uh, the youngest brother and. And and the father's like, oh, this is just not going to end well, and so he takes them back. And and um, at the end of this uh, interaction they have, he says, well, um, you have to leave the youngest brother with me. And that's when Reuben, the oldest, stands up and says, not him. <laughs> you can take me instead, but we can't leave him. And um, it's this very powerful uh, image of how much the brothers have changed, how much. Um, from being brothers, they're like, yeah, we'll just kill Joseph. Um, we'll put him in the pit. We'll take his, we'll take his coat, take it to his father, and be like, yeah, he's dead. Um, to um, where the brothers like, no, uh, I'm taking responsibility. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lay down my life if I have to. Um, not, not the youngest, not Benjamin. And um, yeah, it was just, a, it was a beautiful picture, um, convoluted. <laughs> And, and sometimes that's what restoration is. Like, it's testing. It's like saying, okay, uh, here's, here's the areas that you hurt me in. How are we going to fix this? And so sometimes that's what it is. It's just that restoration. Um, but what an amazing picture of what God does for us. So because God loves us, because God forgives us, then we have to be forgivers. We can't hold on to the bitterness. It's a command by Jesus. If you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. If you have been forgiven, how dare you? How dare you not forgive others? Forgiveness is not license to continue their behavior. It's not restoration. Um, but it is that letting go of the, the hurt and the bitterness that lives inside of you. And it's like that's something that we need to do because it's not it's not... It's not hurting the other person, and yet we're holding on to it as if it is, and we realize you need to wake up and realize that it's only hurting you. It's like, again, it's like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. At the, at the time, you're just, you're just killing your own soul. So this week, um, think about what it is to forgive, what it means, what it means, and then also what does it means to go down through the journey of restoration. And maybe you need to seek that restoration with someone that you've hurt. Uh, maybe you need to offer that offer that to someone who has hurt you. Maybe God has, even now, is calling um, to mind uh, the things that you need to forgive, the things you haven't let go, uh, the things that are hurting your relationship with Jesus because um, your heart is so bitter and hard, it can't, can't hear the Spirit. May God open our eyes to all that He wants us to be. May He show us um, who we can forgive and how to restore and how to love every day more. <laughs>